Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. You're listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Covering Mississippi State sports like nobody else. Sports Talk Mississippi's Brian Haydad, along with Robbie Falk from 24-7 Sports, give you an inside look at the Bulldogs on the field, the court, and the diamond. Now, get ready for Thunder and Lightning. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad, just Brian Haydad here with you. On a Monday morning, thanks for joining me at supertalk.fm or wherever it is you get podcasts from. We appreciate all of our great listeners out there, especially our servicemen and women out there taking care of us. want to thank our sponsors over at Strange Brew Coffeehouse and Churn and Spoon Ice Cream. Start your day the right way with a drive through trip through Strange Brew Coffeehouse here in Starkville or Brupolo and Tupelo. He's not here, so I'm not, you know, it's not the same. Not the same. I went to Churn and Spoon this week and took the family up there. Enjoyed a uh, a milkshake, so you know I, I never I don't give Churn and Spoon enough love. I, we're always talking about uh, we're always talking about uh, about uh, Strange Brew as well. We should. It's great. Don't get me wrong, great place to go. But at the same time, you know, uh, Churn and Spoon is awesome too. So when you're in the mood for a, a delicious frozen treat, and my gosh, as hot as it is out there, you couldn't go wrong with one. Head over to Churn and Spoon and enjoy one today. College Corner, collegecornerstore.com. That's the place to find maroon and white merchandise you can't find just anywhere else. You'll only find it at College Corner because only they have the biggest and best selection in central Mississippi. Two locations to serve you in the Jackson area. They're original by Fleet Feet. They're in Flowood by the Half Shell. Or you can always shop online at collegecornerstore.com. We are just a couple months away from the start of college football season. You need to look right, look the part, look sharp. Get to the new at College Corner. Humble Taco, that's Starville's best Mexican restaurant. When you want something different but you want Mexican, Humble Taco is the way to go. If you're tired of just having the same old, same old, the nachos and then the, uh, you know, just the, the burrito plate with extra beans, no rice, you want something different but you still want that Mexican flavor, Humble Taco is the place to go. You've never had tacos like you'll have at Humble Taco. Whatever kind of eater is in your family, the pickiest eater can find something they're going to enjoy at Humble Taco. Check them out today over there on University Drive. Make your lunch plans today around Firehouse Subs. Just download the free Firehouse Subs app and uh, place your order. It's going to be ready within minutes. And then when you place your order, you're picking, you're piling up reward points. I know the price of gas has dropped down a little bit, but it's still not so much that we can be sneezing at free sandwiches. So we need to, we need to keep piling up those reward points where we can. Firehouse has locations in Starkville and Oxford, Columbus and Tupelo, Flow and Madison. Grab yourself a sandwich today for lunch at Firehouse Subs. Robbie back with me tomorrow. And on some, uh, some personal business. I don't think he tweeted about it, so we won't talk about it here uh, here on the show. But he, he will be back with us tomorrow. Uh, not a whole lot of news to talk about uh, this weekend. We will, uh, we will hit the Cruton song up in just a minute. We'll continue our countdown of the top... Uh, 50 games in MSU history. Today we'll hit 48 and uh, 47 on the countdown list. Should be some good times to be had there. And uh, beyond that, though, I, I keep coming back to it. And, I, and I, I, we've, we've talked about it a bunch on this show this year. But there's a long thread on, uh, on 24-7 
about this. And uh, it starts. It started off with I got to give a shout out to my 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 friend Elizabeth Keene, who uh, is one of the, the editors of the Cowbell Corner website. And of course, if you're a long time listener to the show, you know, that's where Joel uh, that's the website that he started, and then Chrissy Freud took it over, and she and uh, and uh, Elizabeth are running that together now and doing a great job. So, and this is a little here's a little story about how aggregation works. If you're not familiar with it, with sites like uh, like Saturdays Down South is obviously a big time. Uh, violator of this and things like that. But there are all these sites, they just, they, they take other people's work and then they publicize it to get, uh, to get content, get clicks, and so on and so forth. So she, Elizabeth did an article, really good article, about her early, way too early or early SEC predictions, right? It gets aggregated by some website. I'm not even going it, to, who they are is irrelevant. But they say in the article that these are the picks for the SEC, according to Sports Illustrated. So Elizabeth got a bump this week. She went from co-editor of Cowbell Corner to now she represents the entirety of Sports Illustrated. Ross Dellinger, be damned. I feel bad for her mention. She took a lot of heat, but that's fine. It doesn't matter. That's part of the, uh, the game here. In her projections, though, she has Mississippi State going nine and three. I think that's a t- that's just a touch optimistic for me, right? The second, I'm I'm an eight and four guy. As we sit here in June, could I, could I be swayed to get to nine and three? Sure. Could I be swayed to get to seven and five? Sure. So it spawns a long thread, a lot of discussion, and it just continues to buff befuddle me. I guess that's the word, right? Befuddle, baffle, befaffle. I don't know. Um. That people are just so negative about this team, and that's coming from me. I'm the I'm the I'm the king of negativity. I've, I've made a brand out of it. You know, this the, the the tribe of hate ad is a negative one. But there was one guy in here. It's, it's like I just can't get on board with with eight or nine wins, and I, and I just you know I think we'll be seven and five at best. And you know they're talking about the loss of Charles Cross, big loss. Don't get me wrong, guys. Anytime you lose a top ten NFL draft choice. Big loss. I get that. No problem. But this team should be better at, what, nine out of the 11 positions on offense? Everybody who comes back should get better. And it should be better at right tackle regardless of who you start. I don't know, you know, I can't say with certainty that you'll be better at the wide receiver spot where Makai Polk isn't there. Can't say with certainty that somebody's going to come in and give you that kind of production. I think you'll get good production. But, you know, to say that you're improved might be a stretch. And then there's no way to be improved at left tackle. Not possible. You know, unless Percy Lewis or, or Dollar Bill is going to show us something that we didn't know that they had. There's no way to sit here and predict on July 10th that they're going to be better. Not possible. I get that. That's fine. But better at 9 out of 11 positions and then bringing back what you bring back on defense – with what you've added through the transfer portal, that you fixed, you feel like you fixed your kicker problem. Why is it just so hard for some people to, to wrap their heads around this team being one game better? People want to throw out the you know oh well they they got they traded Vanderbilt for Georgia great fine, fine, but they should beat Memphis at home, and then it's a push right. It's seven wins there. So it's just finding one more win. It's can you, you know, can you beat Arkansas at home? Can you beat Ole Miss on the road? Something like that. Why why is it it's it's 
the the way people are so adamant that it's just not going to be, it's not going to happen, gets me. Like, if you were to say, like, look, I I, I think we're going to be better, but I just don't trust Leach to, you know, I just don't know what to expect. You know, he always loses a game he shouldn't lose, right? But when you say stuff like, I just don't see any way, what are you looking at, man? What are you seeing that I'm not? Now, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I'm I'm the expert. I watch a lot. I probably I probably watch more than y'all. But it's, it's not it's not like I'm just sitting there breaking down film though. I watch the games. I watch the replays. I watch the highlights to see if I missed anything. I talk about it all the time. But I'm not gonna sit there and tell you that I'm like a Cole Kublik or anything like that, where I know you know I'm I can look at formations and, and diagram. I can't do that. I'm just a guy you know that watches a lot of football. But when you say things like I can't see it happening at all, I think you're a little in your feelings, guys. I understand how last season finished. Really, I do. It was incredibly disappointing. The Egg Bowl, you had a lot of chances to make that a much different football game, and you didn't do it. It got away from you there in the end. The Liberty Bowl was an absolute embarrassment. No way around that. That's what it was. And if State had won that game and finished 8-5, and five, I feel like we would be having a lot different discussions. There'd be a lot of optimism and a lot of uh, of excitement about the upcoming season, but they didn't win those games, and and so I understand where some of the negativity comes from. I do, but it's it's just like I said, it's the definitiveness of it. It's it's it feels like a lot of people have no room for interpretation, have no room for, you know, a second guess. I like to. I always like to think of myself as the guy's. Like, look, as soon as I see something that doesn't agree with my worldview, I'm willing to, to re- rethink my position. There are some things I'm locked in on. Right, biscuits are better than cornbread. You shouldn't be wearing maroon is all that matters shirts. Eighteen seasons later, those I'm locked in on. You can't change my position on those. But when you when I watch football after a couple of weeks. You know, I feel like I have a, a better handle on things and I can change my opinion. And in reality, and I've said this a lot of times, you know, when you get into the season, each week can be its own season. And what you did, what happened last week can, can not affect what happened the week before. State was 2-0 and and playing really well. Then they lost to Memphis and LSU back-to-back, and you're like, well, now they're playing poorly. Then they went to Texas A&M and won. Should I have kept my opinion, the same opinion of the team every week? No. At 2-2, two two, I thought this team is going to struggle to get to four wins. Once they beat Texas A&M, I was like, okay, they'll probably go, but go to a bowl now. When they beat Kentucky, I, was, I thought that they had a chance to, to do some something, maybe, you know, get to eight wins. I was close. I think, I think in my, if you go back to my, uh, my media poll prediction, I said 7-5. and five. It didn't pan out the way I thought it would in terms of the actual wins and losses, but the number I got right. That's coming up pretty soon, by the way. We're probably, what, two, three, maybe oh, maybe about a month away from our, I think, our seventh annual media poll, so that'll be a lot of fun. I'll have to get Elizabeth on there to make sure uh, I get her prediction locked in. I wonder if she'll stick with nine and three. I'm not ever going to preach to you guys. I'm never going to be like, you need to be positive. I'm, you, you, you guys know me, right? I mean, I mean, but that's that's going going all the way back to the beginning. I've always been like, you know, have your own opinions. I definitely agree. With, I think you should have your own opinions. 
But I can disagree with your opinions. And some of you guys out there, I disagree with your opinions. A lot. A lot. And that's fine. We don't all have to be on the same page. We don't all have to think the same. It would be a boring world if we did. But I'm asking you to just think a little bit here. Like, a team that returns this much production. A veteran coach who's got a track record of, of improving teams. A good defensive coordinator who has shown you that he can do it at, the, at this level. Their biggest, they're, they're, they had three big holes coming out of, the, out of the bowl game. They filled two of them pretty well in the transfer portal. And then the other one, they recruited about the best guy they could recruit to, to, fill, that, to fill that void. They got a kicker, they got a corner, they got two cornerbacks, and they got the one of the nation's top JUCO offensive tackles. That's about all you can do in those situations. Would have liked to have gotten a more proven offensive lineman. They did. And who knows, maybe a grad transfer is going to pop up in the next week or so. I'm not, I'm not giving you guys any uh, information there. I'm just speculating. So, you know, breathe a little bit, guys. I, th- I think it's going to be better than you guys think it is. Some of y'all. Some of y'all are. The, the other problem with this is you have the other side of the coin. You have the people who the entire roster could quit. And we had to fill it with nothing but walk-ons. And then the NCAA said you have to fill it with walk-ons who've never actually played football before. And these people would still be saying, well, I think Leach can get us to nine wins. You got some people who are just going to be positive no matter what the actual information is. Those people are, in my opinion, worse than the I'm going to be negative no matter what the opinion is. Mainly because at Mississippi State, I mean, 100 plus years of playing football, the negative has been right more often than the positive. So, I, I, I'm not. I don't. I'm definitely not asking you to be a blind sunshine pumper. Nobody wants or needs that. But take a look at this team. Really look at it in depth. Look at what it brings back. Look at Mike Leach's track record. Look at the schedule beyond just the whole. Well, they changed out Vanderbilt for Georgia. Really look, and I think if you do that and you look deep you're going to find that this, this is a team that's going to improve in 2022. Could I be wrong? Absolutely. If I was right about all these predictions, guys, I wouldn't be on this podcast. I would be living at a penthouse in Las Vegas. But I don't. So I could be wrong. But you know what? When I start thinking that I'm wrong, I'll change my mind, and I'll start telling you why I think I'm wrong. So we'll take that ride together. But just, just look at things, guys. you got to open up a little bit and you know let the feelings out. All right, let's play the song. All right, Mississippi State picks up uh, for the class of 2023 their first commitment for men's basketball. Guy Chole, a seven-footer out of Decatur, Georgia. Green Forest McCallop Christian Academy. Interesting uh, recruiting ranking here. He's a a high three star. I, the basketball, and I, I mean, I, I, I'm sure I, Paul Jones would tell me the truth if I asked him. But the basketball and the football recruiting rankings are completely are really really different. 
his composite score is 9062.9062. That is a four star every day of the week in football. Every time. But in basketball, he's a three star. Uh, and on 24 7, he's only rated as an 85. So my guess is Paul will be looking to get a, uh, a uh, redo on that. But it's a legit seven footer, a legit center, something Mississippi State really hasn't had. I mean, even with Jarvis Fernando, you know. Wasn't one. Abdul Adu was one, but didn't have the offensive game that you're kind of hoping for from from Guy Choi. Now his stats don't 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 give you that right this second. I think he only averaged like ten points and eight rebounds. So there's a, there's a obviously some rawness to him. You know he's going to need to be developed. But his offer sheet is outstanding, and that's something that you know I want to see. But listen to the I mean Auburn first and foremost. Auburn's one of the best programs in the country right now. Bruce Pearl is an outstanding recruiter. If you've got an Auburn offer. I feel like that's probably a good sign that you can play basketball. Georgia, Georgia Tech, Ole Miss, St. John's, Texas Tech, one of the best teams in the country year in, year out. Xavier, another great program year in, year out. That's a solid offer sheet for this kid, Chul. So good for Chris Jans. Like I said, his first commitment. And, and, you know, we've talked so much about Jans and how he's going to recruit in the transfer portal and everything else. But it doesn't mean you just give up on the high school kids. You know, you still need to recruit one or two there. There's going to be some guys that you can develop that maybe not in year one, but they can play as sophomores or redshirt freshmen or however you want. And those guys, I think a guy like this player in particular, like Chole in particular, would know that probably going to need a year of seasoning before you're ready to play. So you come in aware, if you come in aware of that, it's not an issue. Now, that doesn't mean that we won't be talking about him transferring out and never playing a minute for Mississippi State because gosh knows in college basketball there's so many of those guys. You know, 6,000 people transfer in every year. and They just want to change the scenery. But on the surface, this is a good get, and uh, I would expect to see him bumped up to a four-star uh, pretty soon. Just, just, I, just, I, need to, I wish I knew the other rankings because the fact that he's an 85 on 24-7, but he's almost a 91 overall composite means somebody has him really highly ranked, be it ESPN or Rivals or on three. I don't know. But somebody's got him as like a high four-star somewhere. So we'll see if 24-7 uh, reevaluates him uh, to match that. All right, let's move to the uh, second half of the show where we'll do our, uh, our countdown, our, our countdown of the greatest games in Mississippi State history, our f- top 50. And that's brought to you by our friends over at the Mississippi Beef Council. I cooked beef this weekend. I learned something, learned it the hard way, but it, it turned out okay. But a rump roast, not the way to go for Mississippi pot roast. Stick to Chuck, guys. <laughs> Don't make the same mistake I did. But that said, it made a delicious pot roast, just a plain old pot roast that I sliced with gravy, put it over cheese grits. So good. And that's what you get when you're dealing with beef, man. The products are just so good. The quality of the beef, when you go to your local markets and you're talking to the guys there, when you go to your local butcher and you're getting those great cuts, you just can't go wrong with them. Even when you're, you make a mistake like me, even when it's like, oh, well, I screwed up, it doesn't matter. I still had a delicious dinner because I was cooking with beef. You should do the same. Beef, it's what's for dinner. Thanks to our friends at the Mississippi Beef Council. Two Brothers Smoked Meats in the heart of the Cotton District. That's the place to find smoked southern soul food. I ate there twice last week. Can I eat there again this week? I don't know. Let's find out. I hope so. I like eating at Two Brothers. Tacos. Burgers, sandwiches, wings. I mean, they've got it all. And it's all coming off that incredible smoker back there. Those guys are always doing great stuff. Come out to Two Brothers in the heart of the Cotton District and enjoy some smoked southern soul food at Two Brothers Smoked Meats. 
Great products, great service. That's the, the Advantage Business Systems way, and it has been for 47 years. That is a long time for staying in business. All right, Think about businesses that come and go. The ones that stay have one thing in common. They offer great customer service. They take care of their customers. That's what you get at Advantage Business Systems. You're talking about Mississippi people who want to take care of Mississippi people. When you have a problem and you call Advantage Business Systems, you're not put on hold. You're not talking to somebody in God knows where. You're talking to somebody here in the state of Mississippi. They're not contracting out the work to somebody out of state who has to drive from Oklahoma City or or Chicago to get down here. No. Somebody in the state of Mississippi comes to fix your problems. A lot of times the same day. You can't afford to wait on other people. You need to get it done and get it done quickly. That's what the difference Advantage Business Systems makes for you. Call them at 601-362-9192 or visit them online at absms.com. Find out how Advantage Business Systems will help your business do business. All right. A couple of good games today. This might be, today might have the only game from the Joe Moorhead era. I'll have to, I'll have to double check. We'll see. We'll see. But this one is on there. But this is where we'll start. 19, I'm sorry, 48, 2015, Mississippi State 51, North Carolina State 28. The final game of Dak Prescott has to be on the list, doesn't it? And a good game for Mississippi State. Played in an absolute monsoon. I have some friends who told me their clothes are still wet six, seven years later after that game. Uh, But Dak went out and led a dominating Mississippi State performance Uh, in all aspects of the game, overcame the weather, defensively uh, very good performance, and he closed his MSU career with a a big bang against, you know, I mean, that was a pretty good NC State team. Uh, And and this was played in the 2015 Belk Bowl. Uh, Jacoby Brissett, quarterback for the Wolfpack, who, as we discussed uh, on the Sports Talk Mississippi the other day, will be the starting quarterback for the Cleveland Browns this year. Sorry, guys. Dak was 25 for 42 in this game, 380 yards and four scores. State piled up 560 yards of total offense, led 21-0 at one point. Uh, Wolfpack got back into it at 28-14. State would push the lead back out to 51-21. They would score, what is that, 20, uh, 23 unanswered, and then a touchdown with just seconds to go uh, for North Carolina State to get the final margin of victory. Touchdown passes to Fred Ross. Uh, Deronya Wilson, uh, Brandon Holloway, and Brandon Holloway. So two two scores for Holloway. Justin Malone scores a touchdown. Love to see a fat guy touchdown in there. And Aris Williams, uh, who was just starting to take off a little bit at this point. You started to see what he was going to be the next year. Uh, well, I'm sorry, not the next year, but two years from now when they, when they finally got a chance to be the, the star back. Uh, 33-yard run with five minutes to go for State's final points. It was the end of an era. I mean, and, and the, you know, I don't think at the time any of us could have – I think we all thought, okay, Dak's going to go to the pros. He's got a chance to be a good pro. He's got a chance to be a good pro. He, he, if he gets in the right situation, he could thrive. I don't think any of us thought that six, seven years later he would be signing a deal worth, you know, what, how much? 200 million guaranteed or whatever it is, $45, 50000000 million a year. For as the as the face of the biggest franchise, not only in the NFL but you know one of the top three franchises in professional sports, the Dallas Cowboys. I don't think any of us thought when he left the field that day that we would be talking about a guy who would become one of the faces of the NFL that quickly. 
you know, his rookie year, obviously, he was the, the starting quarterback and had them in the playoffs and has done nothing but, you know, thrive since then. So the end of his illustrious Mississippi State career uh, sort of has to be on there. Dak, I mean, he didn't play poorly, as I recall, in the Orange Bowl. Dak was really good in bowl games. Had a huge Liberty Bowl, as you guys remember. That really sparked his uh, the start of his Heisman campaign was that, was that uh, Liberty Bowl against Rice. The Orange Ball, I remember him. He threw three or two or three touchdowns in that game. I, mean, I don't think he. I don't think he was the problem in that game. Defensively, State was just bad. And then obviously in this game, he was really really good as well. So, yeah, fifty-one twenty-eight, Mississippi State takes down uh, North Carolina State. That's number forty-eight on our countdown. Number forty-seven. We'll go to the Moorhead era. One of the most interesting games of, of the past five years because. You saw Mississippi State beat what was I thought at the time was a decent Auburn team. We're talking 2018, Mississippi State 23, Auburn 9. Auburn came into the game ranked number 8 in the country. Um, and State just dominated them on the ground. And if you recall this game, and if you remember a lot of the, uh, the, the, the way the play calling went, State was just dominant on the ground. State threw the ball 17 times, 9 of 17, for 69 yards. Go ahead and make the joke. Only And one pick, no touchdowns. But they ran it 57 times for 349 yards. Fitzgerald, 28 carries, 195 yards. Kylan Hill, 23 for 126. State ran a game plan in this game that was incredibly successful, and then they never went back to it the entire season. And if that is not the ultimate, coaches would rather lose their way than win somebody else's. That, you know, Much as I like Joe, what they did in this game worked to perfection. Now, I don't know if that was, you know, the game plan was just like, we see something in Auburn's defense, but that was a really good Auburn defense. They were one of the top defenses in the country that year. Obviously not as good as State's, but still really, really good. And State just gashed them all night long. Fitzgerald's averaging seven yards a carry, and Kylan Hill's averaging five and a half. Harris Williams only got five carries, but he had 32 yards, 6.4 yards per carry. So I don't know, man. I don't know why State didn't continue that. You know, they they ran a lot of jet motion in this game and and, and a lot of, of of no back formations, and they just never went back to it the whole year. Uh, biggest play of the game, probably the uh, the fumble recovery in the end zone by Kobe Jones, uh, Jartavius Booby, right? He was Booby Whitlow. Uh, took a long pass all the way down, uh, or had a long run all the way down to the uh, the one yard line, but got caught from behind, and the ball pops out in the end zone, and, and Kobe Jones picks it up. Of all people, Kobe Jones down there. That's a great hustle play for a defensive lineman to be trailing the play by that much and, and get down there and do that. Uh, State really harassed Jarrett Stidham all night in this game, 19 of 38, 214 yards, didn't throw for a touchdown. Uh, Jonathan Abram, one of his typical games, right, nine tackles for him in this one. Uh, three sacks for the Bulldogs in this game. Really did a good job of getting after uh, Stidham and that Auburn offensive line, which was, again, a pretty good offensive line. But State, State that defense that year was just just special. It really was. When you, when you think back, you know, I hate to, when we're trying to be positive, I hate to bring up the negatives, but I've said it many times, that team lost the maximum number of games it could have possibly, possibly lost. It could not have been any worse than 8-5. and five. They were just too good. They, they, they absolutely minimized their potential. As far as a team goes, they should have been easily 
easily a 10 and 2 football team without and I would say 11 and 2 in the bowl game and finish in the top 10 but they weren't they weren't I mean Mississippi State may never may never have a team that talented again I mean three first round picks on the uh on the off- on the defensive side of the ball and then I mean other guys who were drafted Gary Green drafted Cam Dantzler drafted uh, you had Mark McLaurin, who led the SEC in interceptions the year before. You had Errol Thompson as a freshman, or as a sophomore, I guess, starting to come into his own. You had great role players like Maurice Smitherman and uh, and uh, Corey Thomas, Braxton Hoyette. I mean, he's good, good players. And then on the offensive line, Elton Jenkins is one of the best offensive linemen in the NFL right now. Deion Calhoun was drafted. And then you had Nick Fitzgerald, who, say what you want about the guy, was tougher than nails and, you know, was the greatest running quarterback in SEC history. Hill and Williams were a great duo in the backfield. I wish they had gotten to play together more. There was just too much, you know, whatever was going on there. I mean, this is a good football team, really good football team. They should have been better than they were. But on this night in particular, they were really, really good. Maybe this might have been their best game of the year. When you consider the the competition, I mean, I think their most complete game was against Ole Miss, but that Ole Miss team was was not good. You know, putting it bluntly, they just were, they were not good. This was a pretty good team for, for Auburn, and State handed it to them from start to finish. So, we'll make that number forty seven. Number forty seven on the countdown. Mississippi State defeats Auburn twenty three nine in twenty eighteen. So tomorrow we'll just do one. So we'll have one game on Tuesday show, Wednesday show, Thursday show, then Friday show we'll have two. And that'll be the uh, the way it goes going forward, too. When's, when do we have something that's old? 41 is from the 07 season. And then you got to go back to 30. 39 is the first time we get out of the, the decade of the 2000s. Or I guess the, the century of the 2000s. So, we'll see. I hope you guys are enjoying the countdown so far. Uh, and if uh, if not, I'm, I'm going to do a little social media stuff with it, too. Maybe like a thread of, all, of at least one picture from the game. We'll see how it goes. All right, guys. Uh, tomorrow's show, Robbie will be back. We've got, ooh, who do we have? We have, the, I think it's, is it LSU? Did we not? I don't know if we picked. I think we got the LSU Tigers. That's our, uh, that is our, what sort I'm looking for? SEC preview for this. And then our opponent preview, ha, <laughs> ha, the Alabama Crimson Tide. Can't, can't wait to talk to. It's about the Alabama Crimson Tide. I'm sure it'll be a different preview than we've ever had before on that team. <laughs> All right. Spoiler alert, they're probably going to be pretty good. All right, guys, have a great Monday. I'll be back with you Tuesday with Robbie. For Robbie Falk, I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Mississippi Media Production.